And welcome to Fascinating Nouns. Now, if you are listening to this transmission, we are still the galaxy's most trusted source for incredible people, places, things, and ideas. Now, together we arrive at this curious nexus point, and we will explore the strange, unusual, offbeat, bizarre, intriguing, interesting, invigorating, quirky, quaint, quizzical, weird, wild, wacky, the fun, the frivolous, and the fringe, plus all the spaces in between. I am your host, Daniel J. Glenn. Hello, Fascination. Welcome to the show. So I have been told recently that I bear more than a passing resemblance to one J.R. Bob Dobbs. Now, who is this man? I had to find out. So I took a look, and he is the centerpiece of a group called the Church of the Subgenius. He is the spiritual center of that particular organization. Now, you people who are familiar will note that I don't have the pipe. Uh, but that does not stop me from claiming to be the second coming of Bob. Uh, you know, it's quite possible, especially given how loose the doctrine is. But there's one man who can answer that question uh, on just how important to the church I will become, and that is Reverend Ivan Stang, who is with us today. We're going to talk to him about the founding of the group, how it came to be, and what is it exactly. So let's get right into this with Reverend Ivan Stang. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Correct me if I'm wrong here. I want to make sure I've got the math here right, sir. Uh, is this the 40th anniversary of the Church of the Subgenius? Is that this year? Uh, more or less, actually. I guess it would be the 41st, now that I think about it. But we published the first. Oh, no, it would be the 42nd. Oh, my God. We is published really? the first. Uh, yeah, we published the first pamphlet in January 1980. And so is that considered the official the official founding of the Church of the Subgenius? That's when the, the ground was consecrated? No, no, not at all. J.R. Bob Dobbs uh, officially founded the church in 1953. Oh, okay. but it was a, 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 a secretly famous uh-huh. uh secret society <laughs> and uh, I, I didn't get dragged in and, until the late 70s got it okay okay so so okay so that's not quite for it's around 40 though we're gonna say it's 40 ish uh yeah. but that's that's a long time and you know this is kind of interesting you know this is kind of a unique situation because I think if I'm correct here, for a long time, you actually weren't talking about the Church of the Subgenius outside of the character of Reverend Ivan Stang. Uh, and now you kind of talk about it, you know, a little bit more openly. Is that true? Is that is that kind of what we have going on here? Well, yeah, yeah. Um, several things happened. Uh, the, the, Sandy Boone made a documentary about the church mm -hmm. and that and also Facebook busted me. Uh, they, you. they wouldn't. Yeah, because my I wasn't born with the name Ivan Stang. Right. And and they 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 busted me. So now I'm back to being Doug Smith on Facebook. The funny <laughs> thing was, uh, I kind of liked it. What you liked what? Be getting busted or what? Like you felt like a rebel or what? What do you mean? Well. Uh, it, it felt it felt good to be Doug again for a, for interesting. After. 30 years of staying in character, which right. after a while, it's not really a character, you know, yeah. and, and the, the, our, our humor has changed over the years. Uh, really, we used to 
primarily make fun of other people. And I think now we make fun of ourselves more <laughs> because we're funnier. Right. Uh, you know, it's yeah. much, much more material, actually. We didn't call it Church of the Genius, you know. Right, the, right. So we, it's, it's very hard to take ourselves real seriously, and especially when you have a, a mascot like, like this guy. Right. You Good know. old J.R. Bob in quotation marks Dobbs. Look at look at the stuff you can do with. <laughs> it's like when you fold. You ever fold a dollar bill up and you can make a mushroom out of George Washington? You ever done that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You can you can uh, do like a. Oh, that's gonna mess my mic up. Sort of. A, oh, here's ne- Neander Bob. <laughs> cave, cave Bob. There's, there's a. Oh, Believe me, after 40 years, we've done everything to that face you can imagine. I'm sure you have. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned uh, that you're that's what it's like to be Doug Smith. I want to talk about that a little bit more. I mean, so I guess it's okay to mention that your birth name was uh, Douglas St. Clair Smith, right? That's it's okay. To yeah, I know it's too. That's too perfect, though, for cult leagues. Like, who would believe that? I know. They don't. Well, they make jokes about that at motels, you know, <laughs> or yeah. and St. Clair. Yeah. I the damn saint's name in the middle of my, my family's not even Catholic. I'm actually named, named after my uncle, uh, Saint, Uncle St. Clair. Oh, wow. Was he a saint? Was yeah. he canonized? No, that was just his name. Uh, everybody called him Sainty for short. Oh, that's funny. I'm glad yeah. that you mentioned that because I was thinking to myself, how could you not incorporate some version of that? There's this guy that I know. Uh, his so his name's Garrick. I always knew him as Garrick. He's a rock star. He's in a he's in a band, right? And so he's in a in a gothic band, believe it or not. And so he always calls himself Gruesome Gruesome Garrick. And I was like, okay, you know, whatever, goth band. So one day I I had to write him a check, and I was like, so what's your name? And he said, Garrick Grimm. And I was like, your real last name is Grimm? Why don't you use that <laughs> in your band? And in some ways, it's right. similar to like St. Clair as a cult leader. Like, well, man, it's like it's right, right. there. Yeah. Everybody accepts Ivan Stang uh, unquestioningly. <laughs> or they, they right. did, you know, for years. It sounds more believable than yeah. Douglas St. Clair Smith. Right. <laughs> uh, on top of that, Douglas has two S's. So yeah. there's even an ass at the end of my name. <laughs> Oddly enough, they didn't notice that in elementary school. Thank oh, goodness. The, you never got nothing, nothing for that? Back then, in in the late 50s, kids didn't know that word. Wow. Okay, that's but, really? Oh, they said it's butt and fanny. Yeah, nobody said ass for an ass. Wow. So, yeah, I, I, I slipped by on that one. <laughs> you did. <laughs> you know, what, actually, what... What Philo and I printed that that first pamphlet in uh, in January of 1980, mm-hmm. and we um, my my wife was angry because it cost like sixty dollars to print them, and she goes, "You better make some." We were just going to leave them in laundromats, like <laughs> Jehovah's Witness flyers. We were it right. was just going to be to freak people out. In fact, we even <laughs> took them into bookstores and inserted them into the magazine racks. Not oh, expecting great. to get paid, just to put, you know, we called yeah. it a drop lifting. Right, right. that's great. Uh, and uh, uh, that actually uh, roped, roped in our very first members in Dallas. But my, my wife wanted, said, you better send us to publishers maybe, and you know, so get paid for it. So uh, and we, we got 150 rejection slips, including from 
publishers who later published Book of the Subgenius. But <laughs> and you, you only sent out 140. Re- you only sent out 140, <laughs> 140, yeah, and you got 150 right. rejections, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, back, back then there were 150 uh, publishers in the United States. Now there's about four. Wow. Anyway, we we uh, what one of the publishers was in Dallas, and this guy called us up and said. We're not going to publish this thing. We we do regular textbooks and stuff. He says, but uh, but I I have a guest spot on a radio. Sh- I have to be a guest host on a radio show mm-hmm. this week. Can you guys be on this radio show? Philo and I had never done anything like that, and it occurred to us we're in the Bible Belt, and we're going to be on this big AM talk show, right? Doing this for the first time, uh-huh. maybe we better use fake names. <laughs> Philo instantly came up with Philo Drummond. His real name is as boring as mine. Right. And uh, it t- I sat down and I, I tried to plan it out. I, I wanted it to be realistic, but a little bit sinister. So, and there was uh, the comic book character, Dr. Strange, now mm-hmm. a movie. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I crossed out a couple of letters in Strange and changed it to Reverend Stang. And then I looked in the Dallas phone book under Stang to find, uh, make sure that I wasn't getting somebody else's name yeah. that would get them in trouble. Sure. And I, I noticed an Ivan something else, and I thought, oh, that sounds kind of Russian and sinister. Right, so yeah. I, Ivan Stang. Okay. So I, I suddenly had this realistic-sounding name that I was stuck with, you know, forever. Right, <laughs> and, uh, uh, and I mean, I, I'm. We've been doing this for so long that uh, you know it's it was it's kind of time time for a change. I mean, uh, there's younger fellows and ladies gradually taking on uh, aspects of it. Mm. Uh, I I don't run the X day drill gatherings anymore. <gasps> really, uh, just. Yeah, those can just about kill you. Um, wow. Well, I did it for for thirty years or almost. I think we're on number twenty five, waiting for the the end of the world for twenty fifth time. Uh-huh. Uh, and and uh, we 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 lost our venue for this year, just for this year temporarily. And so we decided to. It's like everybody throw your own next day party if you've got a if you've got a, a, a big house. Invite all your local subgenius friends and then do it. Do it in place. We came up with a bunch of funny gimmicks for why why it was better that way. Right, right. Sure, be easier on me. Right. <laughs> well, it's. I want to quickly talk about the Church of the Subgenius for people who may be listening who have absolutely no idea what we've been talking about. Uh, I'm sure there's <laughs> right. And I'm sure that even when we're done, when we're finished explaining it, there will still be about the same number of people who have absolutely no idea uh, what's going on. But tell me just a little bit, cause it's going to be kind of difficult. I'm, I'm curious both about how you came up with the church, but also what the church stand for stands for like the doctrine. So there might be some, some overlap. This could be a confusing conversation. So I apologize uh, to people in advance for that, but let's talk about, you know, the, the church of the subgenius, what are some of the basic tenets? What what is it? Who is J.R. Bob Dobbs? Some of the basics, just to get people started. I, I'd say it's not actually very hard to understand at all. It's uh, it's quite simple. This is uh, our our guru, J.R. Bob Dobbs. The church was, of course, Philo and I are just his you know minions, you might say. We're well, we're 
we're in uh, we're we're responsible for the public outreach, but we don't really we haven't seen Bob himself in well since the last couple of times he was shot at our, <laughs> right. our, our stage shows. Right. And I should for people listening, uh, for people who are doing the audio only version, I'll have pictures of of uh, J.R. Bob Dobbs on the website so you can follow along or turn on YouTube. Watch this uh, in person so you can see a picture of this guy. Uh, very classic picture. <laughs> and you can see uh, the Reverend doing a perfect a spot on impression of J.R. Bob Dobbs. Uh, so he's your founder. He's the guru. Uh, you guys are the basically the, the holy scribes. Uh, and and what, what so what what is the What are the tenets of this religion? Okay, well, Bob was uh, originally a salesman, but not just a normal salesman. He was a divinely empowered salesman. Other salesmen called him the saint of sales. Mm -hmm. And uh, he had almost a miraculous, he could sell, as they say, ice to to Eskimos Mm -hmm. or hypocrisy to Southern Baptists. (laughs) He could, he could. Yeah, he could sell stupidity to sub-geniuses. And uh, he, uh, what, in, in around 1953, he had a, some kind of an electrical accident with a, his a primitive TV. Uh, he was trying to like, build his own television set or something. And he, uh, he, he was suddenly lifted up into the spirit. He had a vision of Jehovah One this alien space god that has masqueraded as the, the true god for thousands of years. He pretty much kick-started all the world's religions, and, uh, but, but he's really just a, 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 a fiendish, bodiless alien monster mm-hmm. in the sky. <laughs> and, and so we really do have an invisible monster in the sky. Right. Uh, and uh, Bob, it was revealed to Bob that throughout history, there's been a conspiracy of normal people robbing away the slack of the weirdos, abnormals, uh, p- different people, uh, uh, true, true believers, those who mm. will believe anything. Uh, they, and, and, and that it was Bob's mission to bring these misfits and mutants together because uh, the world was going to end on July 5th, 1998, at which point the saved subgeniuses would be uh, ruptured up into the escape vessels of the sex goddesses from planet X. They're, they're actually not goddesses. They're, they look like anything you want them to look sure, like. Sure, sure. <laughs> uh, I don't want to know what they really look like. <laughs> So, um, and at that same day, July 5th, 1998, starting at seven in the morning, it, at, in each time zone, mm-hmm. incidentally, the, uh, the aliens will start destroying the earth or rather um, harvesting the ordinary humans as kind of a, a drug. They, they get high off the anguish of, of humans. <laughs> Uh, subgeniuses, meanwhile, because we have a deal with Bob and Bob has a deal with the aliens, uh, we get to have our own planets if we want them, whatever we want. It'll be great. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the, uh, the, what the conspiracy calls 1998 came and went. Uh, I got basically tarred and feathered mm-hmm. by the gathered crowd that fateful morning. I think literally, uh, and, right? Didn't you literally yeah, get but, tarred but, but that didn't stop us. Yeah, we kept coming back. Uh, 
for, for more. Uh, for 25 years, I've, I've been out there at 7 in the morning waiting for the saucers. But that's the only time I have to get up at 7 in the morning <laughs> every year. The rest of the time, I've got a pretty good deal. Right. <laughs> uh, uh, I just oversee the uh, mail order aspect of, of the uh, business. We sell... Mem- uh, let's see. Yeah, get a shameless plug in here. This is the perfect spot for it. Let's see what you got. Yeah, uh, we sell... We ordain people. We, we basically... We, it's kind of like the Universal Life Church, and, and we're associated with them. You get this huge packet full of full of stuff, the picture of Bob, both pamphlets, both pamphlets yeah. little decoder ring there, and, and the minister's card. Oh, wow. And then these fabulous um, big – the excuse, all-inclusive all excuse. <laughs> and That's great. Forbidden Sciences. It's a – pretty good pack we just raised the price to 45 dollars wow but that's a lifetime or and it really is an ordainment yeah you can perform legal marriages and i've done really more than i can even count and some pretty unusual couples and in unusual situations you don't say uh, <laughs> you don't say reverend or, yeah, or, yeah i find that the hardest yeah. to believe uh <laughs> so it seems so you so these are the basic this is like the basic structure and slack is kind of uh an amorphous term that uh you know it's really about doing the things that make you happy with the least amount of effort is that kind of generally yeah, yeah pretty much yeah we uh, bob teaches you how to surf the luck plane mm-hmm. and uh, uh, take the path of least resistance. Uh, pull the wool over your own eyes mm-hmm. and relax in the safety of your own delusions. Right. You're, you're doing, you're already doing that anyway. Right. You know, just do it in a way that gives you more slack. Sure. Now, a lot of amateurs seem to just assume that slack is related to slackers uh, actually, that the movie Slackers was partially inspired by our use of the term slack, but it came to right? mean for a lot of people it means yeah. Uh, uh, the but it, it people seem to think that slack means sitting around watching TV, smoking dope, and drinking beer, and that that is slack for lots of people. But for <laughs> many of us uh, geniuses, slack is doing what we enjoy doing, and that may be working at our chosen work. Now, most people don't get to do that. You know, they, they work for a living, but it's not necessarily what they would be doing if they didn't have to pay the bills. Right. Uh, so, you know, if, if possible, you know, it's like more pay for less work is always good. That's fine with us. And there's nothing wrong with work as long as it's the kind of work you, you, you wanted to do. Right. You know? Yeah. Uh, I, I've, I've uh, really worked my butt off on this this whole church project. I, for the last uh, 25 years or so, it's been my only real job. But before that, I was a, a, a dad supporting a family working in the Dallas film business, and I didn't get enough sleep, and I didn't get to watch TV or play video games. And I'm catching up on all of that now. <laughs> it's really a lot more. It's, I'm having a lot of fun now. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of half retired, you might say, because like I, I say, some slightly younger people are coming along and, and uh, carrying the tablets. 
uh, which which is fine with me. I ju- I'd rather be fishing, you might say. <laughs> sure. I'm not actually a fisherman. <laughs> uh, this is a dry land that I live in. Now. <laughs> right. Well, that's a perfect place to f- fish for a subgenius, I would imagine. Our headquarters is now. Well, I say my my uh, uh, compound mm-hmm. is the perfect place to have a, a, a cult and that I now live uh, in uh, on a, on a goat or goat ranch big ranch compound outside of a, a very small rural Texas town not far from Waco uh, oh. home of the branch Davidians <laughs> right and of course uh, herf Applewhite of the Heaven's Gate is also a Texan uh, Jim Jones actually is from Oklahoma yeah. You could tell about the talks. Sure. Uh, so, so I'm I'm actually part of a long line of Texas uh, eccentric uh, cult leaders, and uh, well, but we're not out to 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 talk anybody into killing themselves. We we figured if Jim Jones could talk 900 people into committing suicide, we could talk 900 people into sending us a dollar. Yeah. And it turned out it was even easier to talk people into sending you fifty dollars. Right. So. Uh, uh, so we managed to survive. It was getting kind of sketchy until the internet came along. The, the internet, uh, gave us a, a really, a, a new boost and, uh, we're hoping to move into the, uh, metaverse and, uh, oh, wow. start <laughs> doing that the yeah. and all that. Yeah. That's, that's the kind of thing that's for, again, that's for, for younger uh, folks to, uh, to deal with yeah. Philo and I, you know, over overseeing and uh, being jerks about it. Right. Well, I, I want to give you I want to give you another little this is this is great. So you mentioned the long line of of leaders, religious leaders in Texas. So I profiled this group uh, that's south. I grew up in Illinois, south of Chicago, and there's a group uh, called Stell. I have a whole podcast where I interviewed them. It's it's like a cult adjacent place. They're not really no one's talking about killing themselves, but they have a very specific set of beliefs. And it's an extraordinarily interesting town. But a group of them moved to Adelphi, Texas, where they now live. So, you know, the the, the leader who right. was involved in that was was in Texas as well. So that may be there's something about it, uh, something about something about Texas. Oh, it's full of idiots. That's what the great thing about Texas is. It's full of fools who believe anything. You have to read the news from Austin, man. It's just it's it's, it's insane. But uh, you know, it's people are real friendly in the small town. Uh, we're we're in Glen Rose. Texas, which uh, already had a history of uh, frauds and uh, New Age healers, uh, magnetic uh, magnetic healers, and what they call rubbing doctors uh, oh, oh, back in the twenties. A rubbing a rubbing doctor is that? What yeah, yeah, they they were good looking young quacks that had uh, they wave a magnetic wand over you and. Uh-huh. You drink the unfiltered, horrible sulfuric water from the springs here, yeah. and uh, and then they would apply massage, I've, and so they yeah, cured hysteria in wives, and eventually were wiped out by jealous husbands. But <laughs> this was a, a town full of uh, of actual uh, fraud cult preachers. Uh, as if there was any other kind, I mean, just between <laughs> and preacher to preacher, you know. Right, right, yeah, uh, yeah. They'll, they'll, you know, 
build it and they will pay to an entrance fee, apparently. <laughs> right. I love that you brought up hysteria. That's a little tricky, but that is funny. The, the Rubin Doctors is a funny, the his, you know, the uh, the housewife hysteria was was very strange. <laughs> uh, the Rubin Doctors, I didn't think about that, but that's a, yeah, it's a strange little world down there. There was a movie called The Road to Wellness about Dr. Kellogg's uh, health uh, thing and mm, it, right. it, it, inv- it involved it was yankee rubbing doctors but they right. were they vo- they've always been around and i'm sure they still are around and <laughs> some you know hypno now they're hypnotherapists or something sure yeah without without question they still exist well you know it sounds like you know in some ways it's, it's interesting that you mentioned that you liked being doug again because for 30 years in some ways you've kind of like lived this world you know in in you've really achieved maximum slack i mean it seems like you enjoy being the you know putting all your effort into this uh, into the church of the subgenius and you seem really happy about it. So, I mean, are you the perfect example of, of a subgenius? Uh, well, I, I, I might be, uh, well, let, let me put it this way. I, I, I try to, uh, teach by example, mm-hmm. let's say, mm-hmm. you know, to tell the truth, I mean, the eighties were really exciting for us. Uh, the nineties were awful for me because the, the church seemed like it was always on the verge of becoming well-known enough to really make money, mm-hmm. but it didn't. And uh, the pressure, there was, I was under terrible pressure, financial pressure all through the 90s. Mm-hmm. And it was, and there was just too much attention. It was, it was very hard for me to keep up with. And uh, then we kind of shifted gears. I moved to Cleveland and was in Cleveland for, for uh, 20 years in a completely different sort of environment. Uh, it was funny. I, we ended up, I ended up working closely with, with a group that puts on the Starwood Festival, which was a pagan world music festival. It used to be really big. It's not quite as big anymore. Uh, and uh, I married the, one of the co-directors of that. Mm, so wow. I, I ended up knowing quite a few uh New age and hipster uh, philosophers like uh, Timothy Leary, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Terrence McKenna, Paul Krasner, Wavy, Wavy, Mm -hmm. uh, Robert Anton Wilson. These these are all people that that, uh, you know I got to hang out and party with, and at Starwood and other places. I would often open for these uh, older. Ranters, uh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> on the rant circuit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, there's uh, uh, Timothy Leary. Actually, is a real funny guy. He he wasn't he wasn't at all at all crazy. I think he was for a while there. Yeah, and so was I. In the nineties, I I things were getting out of hand, uh, and we had too many people that kind of they were taking the church the wrong way. They really did expect to get their own flying saucer for $35 on July 5th. And uh, we, we, you know, another reason that that Philo and I both decided that it was was time to sort of come clean is because you would not imagine how easy it would be to turn something like this into another Scientology Mm -hmm. or even Mormonism. Uh, Several of... Hmm. Things that are now considered big religions started out as pranks. 
Right. The Rosicrucianism started with a satirical pamphlet by somebody with a fake name. And that turned into almost the entire New Age movement as we know it now. It splintered off into all these different, but it started kind of a lot of that started with the Rosicrucians. And they, 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 wow. uh, we wanted to make sure that uh, nobody could come along and say, well, they pretended that they were kidding, but they really knew. Right. And the real Bob was speaking through them. And we just, (laughs) that's exactly what we're the inoculation against. Right. The the church of the subgenius really kind of is an inoculation in that there have been people who started to believe and then they noticed everybody else was laughing at them. And in some cases they freaked out and decided we were horrible for tricking them. And uh, but uh, but others kind of went, wow, you know, I'm I'm glad church subgenius came along first because I was about to join Heaven's Gate. <laughs> <laughs> There's an actual example of that. I, really? I, I saved the guy from yeah, I saved the guy from Heaven's Gate once. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, it was shortly before they did their stunt. Okay, uh, <laughs> that's perfect they, timing. It, it, they had spoken in. They had were doing a kind of recruitment thing, and they had a little meeting in Dallas. This friend of mine went to, and uh, he came back from it, all his eyes glowing. Going, I think I'm going to go to California with them. And I looked at the poster real close, and I said, "This is actually, I'm pretty sure this is the Bow and Peep, the saucer cult that kept, you know, thinking the world was going to end, and they were kind of bad news." Pete died. This guy is Bo. The guy calls himself Doe now. Okay. All right. <laughs> Real name Herf Applewhite uh-huh. from Waco, Texas, uh-huh. I think. Some, somewhere around here. So <laughs> I guess the accent is good for preaching, you know. It's a great accent. Yeah, it's another thing. When, when Philo and I were uh, young fellows in Dallas, we used to listen to the Christian radio uh, in uh, on the, the uh AM, AM radio, Dallas had some of the wildest preachers. I mean, they were really colorful. And we would listen to that stuff and we'd get in the spirit and start ranting along with them sure. in the car <laughs> with, with the tape recorder running. Yeah. And we just switch, just shift it over a little bit, you know, to Bob and Slack sure. and, you know, yeah. <laughs> Slack my worth, not my faith. <laughs> you know, that, it was just so yeah. easy to fall into that. And, um, uh, we didn't really intend, we didn't expect to have to deal with the year 1998. <laughs> we didn't expect to have to deal with followers uh-huh. or, or a radio show right. or any of that kind of thing. Right. All of that, that kind of, kind of came along. We did try to get a book published. Like I say, we got 150 rejection slips, but in the end, um, an editor at McGraw Hill found our pamphlet on the floor of my sister-in-law's car. She worked in New York City in publishing, and he was—he met her at a picnic, and uh-huh. he found this pamphlet and said, "What? The, what is this? This is hilarious. We need to get in touch with these guys. We need to do a book." So that—that's how that started. Yeah. Well, I will tell you, I did read uh, the book. It's called the Book of the Subgenius, right? That's the the first book. Uh, yeah. You know, I, it's still. A, Oh, shoot, I don't have it. It's still in print, too. Yeah. It's been in print for, for 
almost 40, 40 years. years. Yeah. Well, I, I read it and it's, what's funny is, so my first introduction into the church was playing a uh, Steve Jackson's INWO game. Oh, and right. so you get to play, you can yeah. play the church uh, as one of the, the Illuminati. So that was the first time I heard about it. Uh, but then I, so I read the book for this, for this interview and I, you know, the church of the subgenius is one of these things where I totally get it. I think it's funny. I want to ask you a question about, about your comedy as well. I want to get to that in a second, but I read the, the, the book and to me, it read like the rantings of a lunatic and I'm just being perfectly honest with you. And maybe that was the case. And I was like, I don't, I thought I understood it. And then I read the book and I was like, I don't think I understand it. I was like, I understand it conceptually, but I don't know that I understand it enough to be a member, and I don't know what that means. Uh, well, it, uh, Philo and I were collectors of fringe material, uh, political fringe, artistic fringe, religious fringe. We loved little pamphlets, those little comic books that you'd find in laundry. This is your life. I remember one of those that was I thought was so creepy when I was a kid. That one has Bob in it. Does it? Oh, I got I to gotta find one of those. Okay. Yeah, that one was really freaky to me. A good friend of mine uh, infiltrated the Chick Publications Group and got to be friends, did a whole long film about that company really? called uh, God's Cartoonist. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I'll write that down. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, God's Cartoonist. It's a feature-length documentary. It's, it's really funny about Jack, Jack Chick and uh, those comics. He tried he, he tried to get Chick to do one about the evil of subgenius, but... <laughs> the, the guy was in his 90s by then, and he was busy with something else. Yeah. Uh, so we, we – uh, uh, anyway, Philo and I collected uh, pamphlets written by crazy people. You know, it's like if you read the Bible for a while, you get to where you can kind of talk that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Or same, same with the no novel A Clockwork Orange or just about any. But yeah, right, right, right. We uh, got, got we got pretty good at uh, being able to talk like or write like schizophrenics. Uh, Without question, <laughs> you nailed it. Yeah. So, so then that's been a problem because yeah. we it occasionally our bull data, as we call it, intersects right. with the uh, schizophrenia of right. mental, mentally ill people, yeah. and that's been another bit of a problem. Wow, that, uh, that is. I could I could I genuinely see that, and I, you know I, I could see where that could happen. Yeah. the The first book is much more psycho sounding, like uh, and. And it's probably because we were a little bit psycho about the whole thing ourselves. It was new to us, you know, and we were having so much fun. It was almost like we were being guided, except for the fact that, you know, it's like you'd walk into a, a, a store and on the magazine rack, you'd see the name Bob over and over again. Duh, it's the most common name in the English language. Right. It's not magic. <laughs> right. yeah. But it, it can seem that way, you know, if you if you put it into that context. Sure. Um, the, we, we've actually done, uh, three more of those, or two more of those holy books, uh, Revelation X and the Bobliographon. <laughs> and there's also an anthology of short stories, fictional short stories about Bob. Oh, they're fictional. These aren't, these aren't the real ones. This is a fictional story. Well, yeah, it's they're they're Um, it's called three fisted tales of Bob and, uh, like, Robert Anton Wilson did a Lovecraft takeoff okay. story. <laughs> William S. Burroughs yeah. contributed to it. Yeah. Uh, and we had a few, several science fiction writers like John Shirley and Lewis Steiner. Uh, and then a lot of us just amateurs. Uh, but it was, 
uh, th- that was understood to be non-doctrinal apocrypha. You know, uh, <laughs> also known as canon yeah. in, the, in the modern yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah. There, there's even like a pirate story uh, that, of genius <laughs> on the high seas. But we had, you know, it could, you can do anything with Bob's basic story. It's it's uh, it's pretty archetypal, you might say, really. And I will say, I, I want to stick one thing in here really quickly, because one of the cool things about the church is anything that is said at the devivals or whatever becomes church doctrine, which can get confusing, but it's also really fun because people are writing the mythos in real time, right? Oh yes, yeah, it sure is. It's interactive as hell, and um, yeah, we we get people to uh, come up with real funny stuff, and then I write it down and attribute it to Bob. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I come away from every big party with a a, a, a big pad full of notes, <laughs> funny things people said. Yeah. I'm the only one who goes to the trouble of writing that stuff down. That's why I'm the sacred scribe. Right, that's important. Well, you know, I want to ask you something about that because when I was, re- you know, I was, I, 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 ju- I dove in headfirst like I do with everything. And I, you know, read the books, read the pamphlet, listened to the hour of slack. And one of the things that I thought was really interesting is just how funny you guys really are when, when you get into, when you kind of get into the mindset of what you're trying to do. It's really funny. It's funny stuff. Did you ever want to... Funny? What? Are you calling our religion funny? (laughs) I am. (laughs) But I mean, did you ever want to do any... Was comedy ever something you wanted to get into? Did you ever do stand-up? Did you ever want to write for that? Or did you just fall into this and found that you had a knack for it? Uh, Yeah, that's, that's kind of the way it is. Believe it or not, I have never been inside a comedy club. And yet I used to spend at least once a month for 10 years, I was in front of audiences standing there uh, preaching the word of Bob and making them laugh, but not in comedy clubs. It would be in regular bars. And usually there would be like some local band Mm -hmm. that were friends or sub geniuses that would, uh, you know, they'd, they'd play and then, uh, local preachers would preach and I'd come out and do my, uh, rather more, uh, practiced, uh, uh, preaching. And, oh, uh, we, we toured with Guar, the, the band Guar. What? That, are you serious? Monster Six. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, they yeah. Are, yeah. Beavis and Butthead famously made fun of them once. That, that did not work out. <laughs> uh, the, uh, one of the, the, the sex executioner. Sure. Right. Chuck Varg. I thought he'd be a problem. He, uh, he, he wanted to. He thought we were kind of classy. He wanted to bring a more intellectual thing to Guar. <laughs> well, their audience was not going to have it. We learned within the first night uh-huh. that uh, spoken word, no matter how you sexied it up, right. was not going to go over with metal audiences who came to see Guar. Definitely not. And when I walked out and started preaching, they figured I was the preacher that Guar was going to come out and kill. Right. And so they they kind of had to do that, uh, and we. And towards the uh, after five days of it, we mutually agreed that it wasn't working. My my partner uh, and I at that time we we couldn't I mean, my business partner we couldn't uh, we couldn't keep up with the show a night after driving all day. Yeah, right. We we physically couldn't keep up with it, and the audience wasn't working. But I got I did get I'd always wondered. If Guar washed those outfits Would, after each show, find out or not, 
they don't. <laughs> and they, they don't smell. So no normal person could wear that stuff. Right. I have to really admire him. And uh, Dave Brocky, the leader of that band, uh, died a few years ago, which is sad because he, he was really, really funny. Gore was funny, right. basically. Yeah. They were really, they were a comedy band. Another band that we worked with a lot was Devo. Yeah. Uh, I, I even, uh, well, we, we kind of got formed about the same time. They were a couple of years older mm. and they were in the hell hole of Akron and we were in the hell hole of Dallas, <laughs> but, uh, all the best stuff comes from the hell. Sure. Holes, I'll tell That's you. what I hear. A uh, little, little, little rock, Arkansas, you know, uh, <laughs> Champaign, Illinois. Anyway, get a little close to home there, but I, yeah, yeah it's all right. It's all right. <laughs> well, you mentioned, know, you mentioned Illinois. Oh, that's fair. Well, the one thing I want to ask, so, so when you were, cause it seems like, I mean, it's a performance, right? And one of the things I thought was really interesting is in some ways you have to kind of write the church as it goes along because it's not, things don't happen like the way they would happen in a normal church, right? Like when you're looking at the the history of the Catholic church, there's a lot of weird stuff that's happened, but it kind of happened in its own time. But you were, you know, kind of writing all of these devivals and doing the, as you mentioned, you were practice, practicing the preaching. You know, in 1984, you had the first assassination of J.R. Bob Dobbs. Uh, you know, you, you encouraged schisms to happen, you know, immediately, uh, which is really funny. I was just talking about, uh, you know, to a friend of mine about the Methodist church in real life is, is thinking about having a schism right now. Uh, but you were encouraging these things and you were the one kind of driving the narrative on all of this. You know, that must have been well, pretty, well, is actually, that not true? Well, it's more like we were just riding we were surfing the luck plane, uh, okay. following the path of least resistance. There was a, everything was improvised. Oh, it was okay. more like okay. a little rascals. It's more like a little rascals show. You know, we got to raise money to save the orphanage. Right. <laughs> I've got a fake mustache. I'll play the old man. Sure, okay. You know, it, it was just thrown. Everything was really just thrown together, not really planned or you know masterminded. Really. It, it, yeah, we're more like the Joker than than Batman. Sure. Do I look like somebody who makes plans? <laughs> I'm like a dog chasing a car. I wouldn't know what to do with it if I caught it. Right. You know, we're, okay. We're, we're, uh, yeah, we're, it's, uh, we, yeah, we were the the Joker of world religions, you might say. Interesting. But uh, not quite as harmful. We, we didn't set as nearly as many fires. <laughs> well, because I was thinking about, you know, how difficult it must have been to script it. And, you know, it, it's because what you did is you created a joke cult specifically for weirdos, which I think is, is a, a phrase from from something you said, which require you know, you guys took. You know, I, I love all that fringe stuff as well. It, it, and you guys kind of pulled in the Bermuda Triangle, the Hollow Earth. I have it written down, everything that you did. Oh, the Sasquatch, oh, UFOs, yeah. Elder Gods, the Men in Black, the Illuminati, the Naztec line, the, the, the Natsuka lines, uh, the cattle mutilation, spontaneous human combustion. I mean, everything is just kind of this bays of weird that w must have been really difficult. And I, I mean, you said that anyone who's a subgenius has must have Yeti blood. Uh, like, you know, that must have been pretty difficult to make all this stuff work. We were very, Philo and I were very methodical about it at, at the beginning. Okay. Uh, just just creating the pamphlet. That's all. That's all we were doing, really. Was, but I have a tendency to really get carried away. And I had been, uh, in my youth, I'd, I'd been really interested in the paranormal, the occult. And, okay. And uh, weird religions. I, I really studied that stuff. I, I, I even believed it for a while. Interesting. Then I I started to 
learn more and more about it and meet people. And I, I, uh, I, changed, I decided <laughs> that there's a lot of really interesting people in this world. And uh, I'm more of a junior scientist myself now. But at the time, we were quite methodical. We studied uh, the, the direct male materials of the science, all the big ones, the Masons, the Scientologists and so forth. We uh, very much, we started going to actual cult meetings. Uh, there were a lot of people that said they were the new Jesus or, or going through town then. And we went to Ekankar and <laughs> you know, Edgar Casey stuff. Sure. We just, we really just, just to see what the real thing was, was like. And, um, we, we went through our paperback collections and, uh, literally did write down the list, just like you just rattled off. It's like, we've got to work all of this stuff <laughs> in. And, right. uh, and that was easy. That was the really fun part. Huh. Uh, Philo and I would just sit and jam at the kitchen table and uh, mm. scribble down all these lists and stuff. I, I'm always been kind of a writer, so I, I ended up doing the actual paragraphs uh, and, and the typing and stuff. But the ideas were very much in, in the early days they were from Dr. Drummond and, and myself pulling stuff together in the name of Bob mm -hmm. and collecting. Uh, we had that clip art look, and that was developed simply because we didn't think we could afford real art. Philo worked for the Yellow Pages and had a book oh. of clip art that you used to sell ads. Yeah. And Bob was like somebody pipe. You might uh, say you're trying to sell an ad to a pipe store. <laughs> you go, well, if you use an illustration, it costs a little more, but you'll get this much better response. Right. Oh, right. And Bob was one of those. This picture was originally about an inch high. Interesting. I've got the, the one that all other Bobs are copied from. In a, in a <laughs> Uh, did you trademark it at all? Did you trademark it? No. Did you trademark it at all or no? Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Oh, it's a, yeah, it's a trademark owned by me personally. Okay. I wasn't sure if that was possible. Uh, so is the word, the word subgenius is a trademark okay. also. Anyway, continue. I'm sorry. Yeah. So, uh, but so, so we were, we were very methodical and, and in a way, if you go, go through uh, our books in a linear way, they actually do make sense. That's what it drives some people insane. It's start. It's like, oh wait a minute, I, there must be something wrong with me. This is starting to make sense. <laughs> it's fact, it's starting to explain everything, and uh, which is not hard to do. Right. You know, there's a conspiracy that's out to get right. you. Everything that bad bad that happens is because of the conspiracy. Right. In some other religions, they might say the devil, sure. you know, or the non-believers. Well, in this case, the conspiracy is the non-believers. But there's also, we all carry a bit of the conspiracy inside of ourselves. You know, we have to work at slack to cast the conspiracy out, as it were. Uh, for, some, for some people, that means drinking a lot. <laughs> well, I, I want to jump in here because one of the things that I was listening, uh, that conspiracy is actually an acronym uh, for, and I just had it here, clicks of normal, of normal secretly planning insidious rituals aimed at controlling you. Uh, that has got to be the most brilliant. Uh, th 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 I mean, th that's, it's amazing. How did you come up with that? I mean, that's great. I, w I wish I had, uh, that was, I think that one was coined by the Philo, the, the musician. No, D.K. Jones, <laughs> uh, a, 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 a great musician in New Jersey. That's uh, great. Dennis, Dennis Kelly, if you want to hire a voiceover guy. Okay. 
and an audio technician. We, we know a lot of uh, audio uh, technicians and producers and that kind of sure. thing. Uh, we, cause they're always looking for weird subject matter as you did <laughs> right. after the initial, aside from the books, Almost everything's been extremely improvised. Interesting. Now, I'm kind of a compulsive editor, and uh, so is a, 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 a friend we met through the church, a puzzling evidence. <laughs> he liked to make uh, collage cassette tapes. <clears throat> he inspired us to start doing that and to record things out in the world where we'd pre- we'd just be driving around, but Philo and I would pretend we were driving around someplace where we weren't, you know, we, we put it into a completely fictitious context sure, yeah. and kind of stay with it. Or like, you know, you, they, our friends would go to Disneyland, say, and make a tape that it wasn't about Disneyland, but yet all those sounds oh, right. were going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. They'd make it into something else. Uh, and so, so we we started. We made several albums of collage, uh, audio collage, and and some produced and scripted stuff, but mostly improv, uh, which uh, I compulsively edited together. We called them media barrages. And uh, the fir- puzzling evidence got a, a radio show in Berkeley in 1982. They're still on. Wow. Uh, I. My radio show at a public-supported uh, station, KNON in Dallas, in 1985, you know, I'm still doing that show. We're, 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 I've done almost 2,000 weekly shows. That's nuts. We've, we've actually been doing our shows longer than Johnny Carson or David Letterman did their shows, although they did them every day. Right. So that's completely different. <laughs> yeah. you know. But in terms of years of sticking with it, uh, I don't. We may have set some kind of a record. Uh, I, there's probably other preachers that did it for longer than us. <laughs> right. It's close, though. I mean, it's close because you guys even started, you know, on the CB radio. I don't know if you can include those early no, years, but you've been on the radio a long time, if you consider that. Uh, well, the, that, yeah, that was completely different. You know, it was, uh, we trolling. The word trolling hadn't been invented, but that's what we were doing. We would use the CB radio to troll. And we got trolled back. In fact, uh, the insult to uh, shut up pink boy was something we were told by trolls. <laughs> right. And we decided, oh, that's the aliens speaking. The aliens are, are telling. <laughs> that was the first message from space. Shut up pink boy. And then we decided, oh, the pink boys, those are the normals. Uh, it doesn't matter what, what color your skin is. Anybody can be pink. It's, a, it's an attitude, a fear of anything interesting or different. <laughs> right. A mediocritin, I believe is what you... Yeah, yeah. Mediocritins, the Barbies and Kens, the cage dwellers. We had a million insults for them. Of course, they've got... They have bad words for right. us. <laughs> Moron, idiot, so forth. Those are so genius. Yeah. We really prefer... Subgenius yeah. is so much more polite. <laughs> yeah. Well, I love that you, you... I mean, you guys pretended to be aliens. What I like about this is when you... You know, when you look at some of the famous comedy acts in history, uh, you know, like even the 2,000-year-old man with uh, Carl Reiner... Uh, or is it Rob Reiner? I always forget which one's the older one. I think it's Carl. Yeah, yeah Carl, Carl and, and Carl uh, Mel Brooks. You know, they just turned on a tape recorder and started 
doing an interview and he just, you know, Mel Brooks just happened to say he was a 2000 year old man. I mean, when you guys were doing this, oh, <laughs> when you guys were doing the CB stuff with the, that must've been fun to see, you know, we are from earth, you know, and that must've been how you got the, I, 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 for the, is that how that all came right. into play? We are yeah. Men of earth, <laughs> men of earth. Actually, I think I copied that from the fire sign. Uh, it's good though. It's funny. I mean, could you, <laughs> Clockwork films, for instance. <laughs> uh, we, we were very, all of us radio, subgenius radio people were, we owe everything to the Firesign Theater. Uh, it was a, a scripted radio, they were radio theater comedy group in the 70s and 80s that were brilliant, uh, predated Monty Python. Interesting. And yeah, they actually had a, a couple, several gold records, but they, uh, they they kind of uh, quit doing stuff in the in the 90s they were just uh, but anyway they we we owe a lot to the Firesign theater wow. they you must have seen Sandy Boone's movie J.R. Bob Dobbs and the Church of the Sun. Oh yeah of course yeah great a great documentary for those listening uh, I mean I would definitely check it out it's I mean it's definitely a straight look at what you guys do um and no I thought it was great yeah but it's really well done yeah, for sure. it's funny as mm-hmm. that it's, and um, she, oh man, she spent three years on that thing. Uh, really top-notch crew. I traveled all over the place. Uh, interviewed uh, as many celebrities as, as she mm-hmm. could. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and, and Gillette put in some great words for us. And um, uh, Jerry Casale, Devo, and people like Nick that. Nick Offerman was in it. Yeah. She tried to get, uh, I didn't even know he was a fan. <laughs> she tried to get Rob. From the cartoonist, but uh, he he basically said, "I didn't have any. I ju- I was just a fan of those guys. I didn't have anything to do with developing it. Besides, I'm you know I'm really old, and I don't want any cameras pointing. Besides, I'm really old. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm starting to get that way myself. I've noticed that all of a sudden there's a lot more of these little podcast things happening, like." Well, we better, we better get these guys before they croak. <laughs> you got uh, to get it in. And, well, the key, all of all of the the key uh, old timers are still around. Uh, Paul Mavridis, the underground cartoonist, he he uh, uh, drew the f- fabulous furry freak brothers. A lot of the underground cartoon people were inspirations to us, and later became our friends. Mm. Uh, Shelton and Robert Williams and people uh, that you wouldn't recognize, mm-hmm. but they comics of the of the late 60s and early 70s were as far as I was concerned the greatest artwork being done at that time and Firestein theater and uh, audio so we, we, what those were our heroes and uh, like, God, by the time I was 30 years old my heroes were patting me on the back wow. and going hey you know welcome to the club by the way don't expect to get rich there's no money in any of this <laughs> and the group beats are horrible <laughs> so, uh, and, 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 we, and all the all the and we know all the rock stars that wear masks and have funny names <laughs> uh, you know all the novelty type type act but i imagine it's got to i mean there was something to it right i mean there had to have been something that that made you dedicate so much time to it i mean you know groupies are typically why people do it but if that wasn't your drive you know well, it didn't. That never. <laughs> some people, some some subgeniuses did. But it's a moot point. I've been married forever. I've always been. Married, so it's it's a it's a moot point. It's always just something to think about. 
and 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 didn't get any opportunities to speak of anyway. Uh, <laughs> probably for the best. I'm happily married now. I've got grandkids and everything. Four dogs, three cats, and uh, big garden. That's great. Well, now let me ask you this. Uh, you know, I, I got to close you out on this question, and I don't want to put you on the spot here. So I apologize if if this is going to do that, but. You know, I think of you guys as one of the, you know, one of the premier parody, one of the premier U.S. American religions, uh, you know, of all time. But there are several others that are kind of nipping at your heels, you know, including, uh, you know, science. You've mentioned Scientology, which has always been, you know, I don't want to say a a colleague, but they've definitely been in the running. You got the Discordian Society uh, and you got the Pastafarians, which I got to tell you, the Pastafarians are pretty funny. Uh, I don't know if you know anything about. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, the um, well, the Discordians predate us by a long time. Uh, I didn't actually. I thought that they were part of a a fictional thing that that Robert Anton Wilson and Robert Shea made up for their novel Illuminatus. But later on, after we printed the pamphlet, somebody handed me a copy of the Discordian material and. I, I was like, oh, no, everybody's going to think we ripped them off. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. Well, they were in a more acute sort of funny way, and we were a little bit more uh, frightening. Uh, as it turns out, uh, some of the Discordian uh, founders ended up being friends of ours. And lots of people I used to make fun of are friends of mine now, and they can make fun of me now. And uh, The Pastafarians, I've never had much uh, contact with them, but, yeah, you know, to, to, they, they've done great. And they they started out as a, kind of a, a, a legitimate protest about something mm-hmm. real. For that right, matter, yeah. the Church of Satan uh, is at least the, the, the some aspects of or some branches of what's now called the Church of Satan. They've they've uh, gone out of their way to, to fight some court cases. Right that were, uh, you know, pertinent to just about everybody. Yeah. But yeah. although, you know, it's like, Satan, come on. You don't really believe in that, do you? It's like, well, why not? Yeah. You know, <laughs> you can believe in anything you want, yeah. right? Stang, yeah. Reverend Stang. Yeah. Well, yeah, huh? I guess right. so. Yeah. <laughs> and Satan certainly is more famous. In fact, um, our film, the documentary about us, didn't get into Sundance because what? there was another documentary called The Church of Satan, and Satan had a bigger name, and, and Sundance didn't want to have two movies called The Church of Oh, wow. Whatever. Is that— and Satan, Satan had had more legs. Wow. You know. Well, I will tell you, in the spirit of subgenius self-promotion, I will say that I did a whole Fascinating Nouns episode. You know, I've been doing this show almost 10 years there, Ivan Stang. Uh, so this not, I'm not one of those, you know, Johnny come latelys. Is that what it is? Yeah. Uh, I've been doing this a while, too. Yeah. Um, and, and I did a whole episode on the history of the the character of Satan uh, with, by a professor and he was, it's a, it's an unbelievable story how that, how the character of Satan kind of grows and changes and becomes integral in the, you know, in the Bible and all that. It's a fascinating. Yeah. He's not really in the Bible barely. per yeah. se. Exactly. Yeah. You know, barely. Yeah. And, 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 that doesn't stop anyone <laughs> yeah. from making yeah, things up though, does it? <laughs> no, I mean, no, it certainly no. doesn't. No, it does not. Look at the Mormons. Yeah. Look at all of them. I mean, you know, it's funny. My my father, 
uh, he was actually, he was a lawyer, labor lawyer, but, uh, he, he, he knew a lot about the Bible. In fact, he knew so much about it that he didn't believe anything in it. He taught a Bible class at the local Methodist church for years after he retired. But, uh, he, he basically told him, reminded people of some of the more absurd stories and contradictions in there and just got them to think it, right. you know, they never knew what a doubter he was. He left me a bookshelf down there. There's so many books down there about how Jesus didn't really exist at all. Right. I must have biggest collection. I haven't read them myself. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, the apple didn't fall all that far from the tree. Let's put it that sure. way. Well, it can be a kind of a sticky wicket, you know, down in the old Bible Belt, which is it's amazing you guys were able to pull this off down there. Uh, I will tell you the one thing, uh, you know, I'll close with this. The one thing I do love about the Pastafarians um, is that they you can get your picture take. So the colander is a sacred piece of headgear <laughs> yeah, and people who get their, yeah. their driver's license photo with a colander on their head. I don't know why, but yeah. I laugh every time. And I actually have to get my driver's license renewed and I'm halfway considering, and I mean no disrespect to this. If, you, if the subgenius had something like this, I would join you guys immediately. Oh, we're, we're not, we're not, uh, I don't think we're in competition. Okay. All right. This, this, isn't, this isn't a competition. You can be both. I mean, I could be a yeah, subgenius really pastafarian. Yeah. Any pastafarian. Any Pastafarians that are listening, Bob loves you <laughs> or hates you, as the case may be. But, but you know, it doesn't matter. We're, we, we're, not, we're not out to uh, steal anybody else's thunder. We've, all, we've been there. We've done that. It's great. It's fun. Why not both? That's my motto these days. Why not Why both? Why not both? Why not all three? Well, I would love to. I, yeah. I, I'm halfway considering uh, actually going through the trouble of getting a colander on my head for my for my driver's license, my new driver's license photo. <laughs> no uh, I kind of want to do that. Um, but, you know, this is great. I imagine you're still easy to get a hold of. I actually found um, a, a Discord group uh, for the Church of the Subgenius, which which I'm also a part of. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know if you run that, but is there, how do people still get in touch with you? Obviously, you're, you're wearing a great shirt. I see um, disembodied bob heads all in your background. Uh, this stuff must be. Oh, yeah, there's masks. Uh, <laughs> those, those are rubber rubber masks. <laughs> those are super They're creepy. They're kind of expensive, but. Well, you know, we got, a, we got an affluent audience here. Uh, so how do people get in touch with you? How can they find you anywhere and get all this? you know, get one of these masks for themselves. Subgenius.com. Basically, you just type subgenius into the, the window of your browser and it'll first thing it'll hit is uh, our ancient website uh, and our catalog. Of course. of course. It said right at the first thing you can click on is be an ordained <laughs> minister. Then it's got, you know, it, 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 it's, it's a bottomless pit. It's really an archive. Uh, the, 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 the only thing that changes on my website, subgenius.com, is the weekly hour of Slack uh, radio shows. And it's just one of the several Subgenius radio shows. There's three, uh, four other broadcast shows and then a bunch of podcasts. The Discord guys do a podcast called Time for the Show uh, on Monday nights. Although, of course, you can listen to this stuff anytime. It's all streaming. Uh, and there's there's too many Facebook pages. The number of subgenius Facebook pages is too damn high, <laughs> and uh, it, that's it's it's another bottomless pit. 
I used to be really, actually, I was really involved in Usenet back in the day. There was a news group called Alt.Slack that was uh, on fire Mm. in the 90s and and early 2000s. It got infested. It was not moderatable, though, and it got infested with crazies. Mm. So we switched over to a private thing on Google. But then Facebook came along, and, you know, everything is... I, t- I don't even try to keep up with it. I, I really don't. You know, it's the most I can do to crank out my show. And it's mostly reruns now, to tell the truth. What about official? Pa- are there official pages that people can find you on? Like, do you have Twitter, Facebook, like official ones? Not like the, you know. Um, if you go to subgenius.com, there's links to the official subgenius pages. Then the two best unofficial okay. ones, which they're really, the official ones are just placeholders, really, that, or lists of the new hour Slack episodes, and whenever we we're now printing uh, new books, we're, we're, we've been print we've we've printed published three sci-fi novels oh, wow. uh, that are subgenius world <laughs> kind of things by diff- three different authors, because yeah. uh, you know anybody can publish now for print on demand. Absolutely. Uh, it doesn't cost anything. Um, but Amazon or whoever gets the bulk of the And by money bulk, you mean all. Cafe. Right. <laughs> no, you can put your own markup. Sure. But if you mark it up too much, nobody right. will buy them. Uh, but they're, they're the ones that are printing them. So, you know, they get a amount up for but it. But it doesn't cost anything. That's what I'm saying. You can. We have a million T-shirt designs, but I don't have to keep a stock here. I do keep a very plain subgenius Bob t-shirt that you can buy from us uh, and the, the member, the ordainment, the books, uh, all of that's at subgenius.com. And that it leads to lists of all the other shows and the other uh, Facebook and other kind of pages. We're trying to, we're using more and more things like Mastodon and Telegram uh, to get away from Facebook per se and Google per se, just be just cause, you know, it almost seems sacrilegious to use them uh, under the doctrine of as they seem like definitely they're, they're, they're normals there. Well, I love, I love Facebook for, because I get to see what family and friends are doing. Uh, But for subgenius purposes, it's a mess. It's a mess. uh, I, I have, we, us old timers have our own little secret, uh, clubhouse that we we uh, meet in and and we still improvise and, and sort of write right together oh, that's cool. only eight or nine of us you know it's small all the, but we're all still alive <laughs> thank god for that and we just said well yeah dr g gordon gordon and puzzling evidence both had birthdays today g oh. gordon gordon is 82 oh, shout out puzzling evidence 70 wow. Philo will be 70 in a month. Holy cow. Uh, I'm just, I'm a baby. I'm only 68. <laughs> wow. Well, I mean, that's a shout out to them. It's incredible work you guys are doing. And, you know, if you want to find us, we're on Twitter at Fascinating Noun. We're on Facebook at Fascinating Nouns. And of course, FascinatingNouns.com. And I will link to everything that you're talking about here, uh, Reverend Stang. And it's, it, this has just been an, a tremendous amount of fun for me to read, to like relearn, rediscover uh, the Church of the Subgenius. You guys are doing great work, and I'm I'm so happy that you're still that you're still working and churning it out.
out and, and still being successful. So uh, this has been an absolute pleasure for me. And I want to thank you so much for being on the show today. Oh, I'm honored. Believe me, I'm I'm so happy people are still interested. That's great. Uh, Daniel, it's been really, really fun. Oh, thank you. Uh, you know, good. I think you should definitely go for that Colander uh, uh, <laughs> driver's license picture. Why not? I'm, <laughs> I'm throwing I know. Hey, I don't think they'll let me do that, but but I might. Uh, it's all things to consider. Uh, but I want to thank you for for that, and I want to thank everyone for listening. Have a good night. Fascinating Nouns is a Glencoe production and is hosted and produced by me, Daniel J. Glenn. The show producer for this episode was Sarah Brandt. The Fascinating Nouns introduction was produced by Daniel J. Glenn and E.A. Barrientos with music and sound design written and performed by E.A. Barrientos. And I'm guessing after listening to this, you never want to miss another episode. You're going to want to subscribe. We are on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. and We even have links right there on our show website, which is fascinatingnouns.com. You can find all the links right there. And let's say you don't have a favorite podcasting platform. That's no problem. You can listen to every episode right there on the website, which is once again, fascinatingnouns.com. And while you're there, don't forget to sign up for our newsletter. It's a great way to learn more about the episodes that you're listening to, find out about upcoming episodes, and to just keep in touch with the community. It's right there on the website. Speaking of community, there's no better way to stay in touch than on social media. And you can find links to our show's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube pages right there on the front page of FascinatingNouns.com. And speaking of YouTube, there's a video version of this episode there right now, uh, as well as other past episodes and all future episodes. It's going to be right there, youtube.com backslash Daniel J. Glenn. It's a great way to see all the guests and, uh, you know, check it out live and in person. Feel like you're there in studio. Great way to do it, youtube.com backslash Daniel J. Glenn. And finally, if you like this show, you're going to like everything that I do. Go to DanielJGlenn.com and check out all of my projects and see what's going on. Once again, thank you for listening. End of transmission.